Hello, it's time for another 10-minute tiny pep talk. Yes, today's theme is a pep talk because we're talking about the job search process. And the question is, why won't anyone hire me? Um, and first of all, that's a great question. And I applaud you for asking that because that just indicates that you have some self-awareness and that you're looking for ways to improve yourself. The job search, it's tough. And especially even whether it's IT or any other field, you've got competition these days. So it's all about putting your best foot forward. And you should have a mindset of just continually trying to improve yourself. Especially when you're job searching and you're waiting for that phone call. Keeping yourself active and honing your skills and just making sure that you've got the leading edge over your competition. is something that you want to do to fill that time between the callbacks. Otherwise, just sitting and staring at the phone, it can be frustrating and it really can start playing with your morale and confidence. So don't do it. So let's talk about what are some of those reasons why no one will call you back well, and, and no one will hire you. And let's talk about things that you can be doing to keeping yourself and keeping your mind off of the negative and focusing on the positive. So first of all, there's a whole range of things that can be going on. So it might not just be one thing and it might not even be you. So keep that in mind as well. But number one, ask yourself, are you networking enough? And by networking, I don't mean going to the same meetings with the same group and the same people where everybody knows your name. That's your comfort zone. When you're networking, you need to step outside your comfort zone. You should be meeting new people. And make sure you're not just attending. You're actually engaging and meeting people at these meetings. Introducing yourself. Handing out your resume. Making sure you connect on LinkedIn afterwards and follow up with them. So that's number one and so important. The other one is... Maybe ask yourself, are you a good interviewer? And of course, you may say, yes, I'm a great interviewer. People love talking to me. I answer questions. I, I'm, I'm the best at answering questions. That might be your perspective. But why not get a second opinion? And while you're at it, why not practice with other people? So even some of those people you meet at the networking events, ask them if you can set up a 30-minute call for them to ask you some questions that they might ask an interview candidate. Let's talk about number three. And this one may be a sensitive one for some, but could it be something about your appearance that's distracting? By that, I mean facial piercing or it could be tattoos that are visible. It could be the color of your hair. And the main thing is, is that you don't want anything to readily eliminate you or distract from your credentials and your ability to be a great contributor. So what you want to do is find ways to downplay these things. There's makeup that can cover it up. Um, you know, 
make sure that you or you wear shirts that might cover tattoos just be discreet especially for the interview and let's go to the next one the next one is on the opposite end of the spectrum it's not anything that you've done uh, that is out of the ordinary it's just the opposite you haven't done enough and that you have poor grooming and appearance at the interviews you come with maybe stubble on your face or your hair is unkept um, and I'm all for what we call these natural hairstyles but I've seen some very groomed and controlled looking hairstyles and I've seen some that are just completely unkept I myself remember a candidate came for an interview and their shirt was so wrinkled it took effort to get their shirt that wrinkled it looked like it was wet they balled it up and they left it in a corner and pulled it out just in time to come to the interview it's really in a way to me was disrespectful because it showed that you didn't care enough about the interview to even put your best look forward okay so let's go on how about could you possibly be asking for too much money now it's great to have confidence and think highly of yourself but sometimes you don't know or look at your competition even where you're located what type of company it is sometimes high demand companies don't give out high salaries but they have great benefit packages so reevaluate what you're asking for and sometimes it's okay to take it down a notch to get in the door and then once you show how invaluable you are you can always bump it up okay the next one are you just using kind of the shotgun approach to applying for jobs are you applying for any and everything does your resume show that you're unfocused does your LinkedIn profile show that you're unfocused all those things can be picked up by people and it's so important to make sure that there's some consistency because people will compare your resume your cover letter your application and then your LinkedIn profile so show that you have some direction here's another one are you overqualified are you in fact applying for jobs that don't match your resume I had someone who had a PhD that in fact was applying for a junior BA job now it was a job change for them their PhD was in a unrelated area so this was brand new for them but at the same time I had to ask was this going to be intellectually challenging enough for someone with a PhD that's the kind of thing that concerns an employer so either you have to come with a really good answer and explanation for any concerns that they might have and or even explain it in either your cover letter 
but you have to already anticipate what their concerns might be. And if you're not sure, again, run it by someone, a peer, someone in the company or in the business or industry that you're interested in and get their feedback. Another thing that could be a big roadblock and turn off is are you using obsolete language? It shows that you're not keeping up with industry trends and jargon. A prime example is in IT. And as you know, technology is constantly changing. Just look at your cell phone or go to a cell phone store. By the time you walk out the front door with a new cell phone, they're bringing the later, the newer versions in the back door. So in IT, you can't be talking the, the langu language and jargon of things like waterfall when everyone else is talking the language of agile. And those who are into technology, they'll understand that, that reference. The other is your attitude. How is your attitude reading? Now, on the one hand, I think what throws people off is that they don't realize that people can read your attitude over the phone. I know that sounds funny, but in phone interviews, if you don't have energy, it will, it will come across. And sometimes it's not that you don't have energy. Sometimes you have to exaggerate it because you are on the phone. So make sure that there's energy coming across. Bad energy can be everything from you're frustrated with the job search or you're angry that you have to be looking for a job or that you have to be talking to these people. All that will come across. And if those are some of the issues that you have, then maybe you need to revisit and maybe you do have an attitude problem. And that's where you've got to find your motivation and your mojo and your inspiration to make sure that you're in a field and you're going to be able to perform at, on that job with passion and engagement and interest. Okay? You know, another big turn off and roadblock that people don't realize is not following directions. Whether it's going on the website and following directions on how to post a job um, or how to submit or how to follow up. People listen for that. I myself train business analysts in the corporate world. And I can't tell you how many times I've chuckled where as business analysts, they should have attention to details and, uh, and really focus on directions and instructions and details. And yet I'll get, they'll have two or three sentences in the workbook and they'll go off and do the exercise completely wrong. So it's, it's a big contradiction. And yet they might say, you know, I'm great at following directions. Same thing happened when a BA came with their resume and said how they had such a great attention to detail. And yet we found no less than 10 typos on a one page resume. Those are the types of things. 
So be careful. You might be sabotaging yourself. The other part is maybe you just don't interview well. And that's tricky. Um, maybe you're not good at communicating ideas. Or sometimes I hear people say that they're just not good at bragging on themselves. And that is a tough one. At the same time, though, I can't tell you how many people who stand up and speak in my class who said that they were horrible at speaking in public and, and just speaking to strangers, period. But they took classes, whether it's Del Carnegie, I've heard suggested, or even the Toastmasters Club. But get practice, get out there, get over your fear. Because if it's holding you back now, it's going to continue to hold you back throughout your career. And it doesn't matter whether you work for yourself or work for a company. You've got to be able to communicate. You've got to be able to communicate ideas. You might have brilliant ideas. Uh, as a business person, you've got to be able to communicate to your customers. So go ahead, bite the bullet, and face your fears on that one. The other one is you're unprepared. One of my favorite is to ask a candidate, what do you know about the organization? What do you know about the position? And when I hear, I don't know much. Can you tell me about it? Right then, I'm thinking you didn't do your homework. But also what that translates to is when you're on the job, you're not going to go the extra mile. You're going to need help. You're going to be relying on your coworkers. You might even slow the team down because you're not what we call a self-starter. So you can't claim to be a self-starter and at the same time not have done any homework coming into your interviews. That is largely some of the key areas that you can continue to work on. But also talk to the people around you. It might be recruiters. It might be new people you met in your network. Not necessarily your friends and family because they're going to tell you you're the greatest, you're the best, and that everybody else is crazy. But get people who are where you want to be and ask them to evaluate you. And assure them that you're coachable, that you take feedback well. And actually, got a great 60-minute blog on how to take feedback in a positive way. And that's with Coop and Heather. But I'm over time. I got to go. It's been 10 minutes. It's been great. Hope you enjoyed today's topic. Bye.